Matter of fact, remain standing if you would. Bow your heads with me. You don't need a song leader to tell you how you feel about God. You don't need a band. You don't need a keyboard player. You don't need a guy with long hair and a guitar. You just need to know what you feel in your heart. And out of the overflow of your heart, the Bible says your mouth speaks. So would you lift up both your hands all over this house and without music and without somebody else's words up on the screens, open up your own mouth. I'm waiting for somebody to be so excited that they don't care about who's on their right and who's on their left, uh, who's standing behind them. They just got to lift up their hands, open up their mouth and say, if you knew where he found me. If you knew the pit he lifted me up out of. If you knew my journey, you'd understand my worship. If you understood when my back was against the wall, when I had nobody else to call upon, I just had to say Jesus. It wasn't the most articulate prayer, but in that moment he showed up. So I've just got to lift up my hands, open up my mouth, and not be silent. Thus a rock might somehow cry out in my place. Not if I'm alive, not if I've got breath in my lungs. Because the Bible says, let everything that had breath praise the Lord. I will open up my mouth. It is your breath. It is your breath. It is your breath in our lungs. So we open up our mouth and give you praise. Hallelujah. We're not ashamed to lift up our hands. There are places all around this city where young people are dancing and shouting and lifting up their hands to all types of things that are ungodly. We will not be ashamed to lift up our hands in your house. We serve the living God. He is alive and well and seated upon the throne. And so, God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for these people that have come out, pushed through the cold, pushed through the rain, pushed through everything that could have stopped them from getting to your house because you've got a word for them, God. You've got a word that they're not going to leave the same way they got here. You've got a word for them that's going to charge them and change the trajectory of the rest of their life. I thank you, God, for what you're going to do here tonight is going to blow our minds. For no eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has brought into comprehension that which God has prepared in advance for them who love you and are called according to your purpose. Hide your servant behind the cross, but Holy Spirit, speak loud and clear to us tonight. We believe you for it in the name of Jesus, we pray. Can somebody shout amen? amen. I said shout amen. amen. Now you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can open up with me to Jeremiah, the first chapter. If your Bible glows, I'm okay with that. I don't hold it against you. iPad, iPhone. I'm not sure if I'm okay with Android. It's a different version. I'm old school. I've just got this. Uh, Pastor Steve, I, I thank you for, um, uh, for your friendship. I thank you uh, for continuing to invite me back. It's one thing, as somebody said, to be invited. It's another thing to be invited back, and uh, I don't take it for granted uh, standing on this platform. I just want to let you know, though, uh, coming off of 14 days where we were below freezing in New York City, having it snow on the platform is discouraging. 
I just, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, like, like I, I was happy. I don't know about y'all. Were you happy it was warm? You can blame it on global warming. Blame it on the ozone layer. Blame it on Donald Trump. Blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. At the end of the day, I was just happy it was warm today. Praise Jesus. Man, got to come up in here and it's snowing on the platform. I'm like, oh. <laughs> can, maybe we can just change the background to palm trees for Sunday and it just make us feel, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. Jeremiah chapter 1 and beginning with verse 4, and the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak for I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. And then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth. And he said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow to build and to plant. Turn to your neighbor and say, tear down to build up. Tear, turn to your other neglected neighbor and say, tear down to build up. Because y'all had to make a choice on the first one so that person sitting next to you knows which one you prefer. So now you got you to get it in on both sides there. Jeremiah, the Bible says, and the word of the Lord comes to him saying, I, I just want to be clear with you. There is a problem in American Christianity. We think God stopped speaking. Let me tell you something. One word from God can change the entire trajectory of the rest of your life. You get one word inside of you, one word that comes from It'll change the whole deal. It'll change you from a youth. Uh, Jeremiah was a young person at the time, and God speaks to him. He's never the same again. I was 19 years old, grew up in church. My mom and dad are pastors in Queens. I had only known what it was to go to church. I, I, I was so I was in church so often I could have been born on a pew. My dad used to tell me, Adam. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian like going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger. But then there was a night. This night was different. This night was unlike any other night. This was the night where God spoke. And there was no altar call. And I couldn't tell you what my dad preached that night. I just remember I was in a prayer meeting. The atmosphere was set. I was sitting somewhere over here, seven or eight rows toward the back. And when God showed up to speak, I wasn't the same again. When I went home and I asked my mom, how come dad didn't have an altar call tonight? I, I would have went up. She said, you don't need an altar call to give your life to Jesus. And when I went down to the basement and I came up the next morning... That two and a half pack a day smoking habit and the need to get high and the need to sleep around, the need for me to find who I am as a man and my security and how many women I could, I could be with, those things were gone and God broke every chain in my life. You see, one word from God will change you. It'll change the entire trajectory of the rest of your life. And let me just say this, the enemy wants to rob you from that word. Because he knows if you could get that inside of you, you'll be carrying greatness. The reason why you're still breathing and haven't been taken out is because there's greatness inside of you. For a moment, you can leave the lights just the way they are, please. Just close your eyes. Breathe in. 
and breathe out. Some of y'all haven't taken a moment all day to do that, so keep your eyes closed. Just, just for a moment, breathe in and breathe out. One more time, breathe in and breathe out. Let me tell you something. That's not oxygen you're breathing. That's purpose. The fact that you're alive and that you're breathing is because you have purpose inside of you. Otherwise, the enemy would have taken you out by now. So the Bible says, he comes to Jeremiah and he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. In other words, I, 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 you, your parents might have thought you were a mistake. Your daddy, you may not even know him. Your mom thinks that, you know, you just were by happenstance. But at the end of the day, even if they didn't have purpose for you, God had purpose for you. At the end of the day, even if nobody else in this world had purpose for you, you were set apart before you were born. Your days were numbered and there's greatness inside of you. There's purpose inside of you to be able to be in the earth for a reason. And so he tells Jeremiah, Jeremiah, before you were formed, whether you think about it or not, whether you parents knew it or not, there's greatness inside of you. I had set you apart, and I'm going to use you to do something great. And let's just stop there for a moment, because Jeremiah, he responds like most of us do. I'm going to do something great through your life. God comes, and he speaks to us. It could be a, a night like this. Pastor Steve could be preaching. It could be a moment where somebody tells us, somebody whispers to us that God's plans for your life, they're amazing. I heard them over and over and over again. Growing up in church as a pastor's kid, I heard people tell me, God's going to do something great over your life. And I, I didn't know what to do with that. Oftentimes we respond like Jeremiah. We're not quick to say, yes, Lord. We're more likely to respond out of our insecurities, to respond out of our shortcomings. Jeremiah goes, I can't. I'm too young. For some of us, we feel... Too young for some of us. We feel too old. We're in that 18 to 30 group in mindset only. For a while, I was the youth and young adult pastor at our church, so I just kept making the age for young adults later. It was like 31. Next year on the flyer, we just crossed it out. It was like 18 to 32. The next year it was 18 to 32, but I'm celebrating the first anniversary of my 32nd birthday. Some of y'all still trying to figure that out. It's okay. Some of us were too skinny. Others of us, not so much. We respond out of the place of our lack. We respond out of the place. I, I can't, God, there's no way you could use me. Don't you know how messed up I am? I don't know about you, but I'm so glad God uses messed up people. God uses messed up people with messed up lives. And he doesn't just use us because of us. He uses us in spite of us. So Jeremiah responds, God, I can't. And I love God. God, God doesn't like say... Oh, my bad, Jeremiah. I forgot how messed up you were. I'll go find somebody else. He doesn't respond to Jeremiah and say, Jeremiah, it's okay. I'll wait till later. I'll wait till you're older. I'll wait till you got more years under your belt. I'll, I'll wait till you're more seasoned. That's the, the church vernacular for older. 
It's like fellowship hall and basement. We don't call basements in church basements. We call them fellowship halls. It sounds better. Started a youth ministry with 18 kids. And youth ministry grew to be the largest youth ministry in New York City. The New York Times picked up on the story and saw crime rate dropping in direct proportion to the amount of young people that were coming in the building. And there was a line wrapped around the block with young people that were waiting to come into church on a Friday night just like this. You know how many people told me, Adam, at 19 years old, God's going to find somebody older. God's going to find somebody more seasoned. Let me tell you something. God's not waiting for anybody else but for you to be you and for you to be you in God. And so he says, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, don't tell me you're not going to go do that. Don't tell me you're not going to go where I tell you to go and do what I tell you to do because I'm going to be with you. He says, I'm Emmanuel, God with you. I'm going to give you everything you need. Well, what am I going to say? It's okay. I'm going to give you the word. Say, well, what am I going to do? What if I get nervous? It's okay. I'm going to give you boldness. In other words, God says to us when we step out into what God has for us, I'm going to be everything you need. That's why I am that I am. I am everything you'll need me to be. When you're nervous, I'll give you peace. When you've got anxiety, I'm going to dispel the worry. When you need boldness, I'm going to give you boldness. When you need what to say, when you open up your mouth, don't worry about it. I'm going to fill it. And then the Bible says, and he touched my mouth. And he says, see today, I put my words in your mouth. To tear down to destroy, to overthrow, to uproot. This is the part I want to come to tonight in the little bit of time that I've got left. The Bible says that I want to build and I want to plant something in your life. I want to do something that's great. For every young person that's here in the room, God wants to do something great in your life. For everybody that's told you you'll never make it, you'll never be better than, you're going to wind up like everybody else, that's absolutely a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible didn't say he stooped down to make you mediocre or average. He stooped down to make you great. There's greatness inside of you. The Bible says the children of the righteous, for those of you that have moms and dads that are serving God, the children of the righteous will be mighty in the land. God's going to use you greatly. But here's the deal. Before God can build and plant something in your life, something first must be uprooted. Something first must be torn down. Something first must be destroyed. Something first must be overthrown. Hey, Steve, can I have the last two chairs on that end right there? There's this, there's this, there's this crazy law in physics Thank you, guys. Wait, I wasn't referring to you as Steve. I was referring to him as Steve. He's Steve. You're Pastor Steve. I just want to make sure that's clear before you never invite me back here again, Pastor Steve. I just want you to know that I have completely apologized. I want to just, okay, I just want, I just want to make sure. <laughs> I'm going to get calls tonight. Somebody's going to call me. going to be like, Adam, I heard what you did in Pastor Steve's church. Tonight you called him Steve. That wasn't what I meant. Steve next to you, that's Steve. I didn't say that. You keep that right there. I didn't say that. I didn't identify you as that Steve. I'm just saying the other Steve, just so we're good. 
Okay, your pastor, Steve. That's the other Steve. Thank you for getting me the chairs. There's this crazy law in physics. It basically says that no two objects can occupy the same space at the same time. Any educators in the room know about that? Okay, thank you. You were nodding in the front. I saw you. Felt confirmation when I said it. What, what does that mean? That basically means that while this chair remains in this space during this time, this chair cannot occupy the same space that that chair is already in. And so you can do whatever you want. You can flip it upside down. You can try to turn it inside out. You can let all the visitors' cards all over the... I'm really messing up past Steve. I'm so sorry. Just underneath there. Shh. As long as that chair is there, there is nothing you can do to this chair so that it occupies that space. Because as long as that chair occupies that space, this chair can't occupy that space. Because no two objects can occupy the same space at the same time. And when I was reading this verse, God just began to awaken me in my heart. And he said, Adam, that's why I will not build my kingdom on top of your secular foundation. I'm not going to build my kingdom on top of what you already got going on. So there's some stuff that's got to be torn down. What's the stuff that's got to be torn down? It's the, it's, it's the mindsets. It's the, it's, it's the things that we have set up in our mind. The Bible says bring every thought into subjection. There are things that are woven into our mindset that, that, that we see in the earth, that we see on social media, that we see on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's what we watch on television, on reality shows, on, 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 on channels. It's the thing that feeds our mind. And, and God says, no, 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 no. My kingdom's not like that kingdom so I'm not going to just bless your secular foundation there's some stuff that has to be torn down well, well Adam what do you mean there, there's some stuff about how you view yourself in the day and age of social media we, we live in a day and age of comparison like never before we wake up to everybody else's highlight reel and Everything else that's been glamorized in their life and we measure up our life and we feel like we don't measure up and so we start to compare ourselves to somebody else and then we start to feel bad about ourselves because we don't measure up to what they posted and all of a sudden now we start feeling insecure about who we are and he says, no, 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 no. that insecurity's got to be torn down because you are fearfully and wonderfully made and whether that's posted on Twitter or not, I'm God and I said it about you. There's some stuff that has to be torn down. You're confused about your sexuality because everybody's told you because that thing or this thing that you must, you know, you, you were born that way. I says, no, 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 no. I'm going to tear that thing down. He says, there's some, there's some stuff that's got to be uprooted. So I'm not going to build my... My kingdom on top of your secular foundation. So I've got to uproot some stuff. Well, what do you uproot? Here's what you uproot. You uproot the stuff that's been in your family lineage that you are now seeing replicated in your life. 
There's some stuff that you saw in your grandma and your grandpa that now you see acted out. You see it was in your mom and your dad. You wonder where that rage comes from. But the truth of the matter is that rage, you saw that rage. You wonder, how did I lash out like that? But you saw that lashing out. You saw it when he did it to her. We replicate the things that have been in our life. We replicate the things that we've seen. They're the things we've taken in with our mother's milk. And they've got to be uprooted because God says, I'm not just making a better you. I'm making a whole new you. And so I'm not just here to cover up that old way of thinking. I'm not just here to cover up that old thing that's inside of you. That, that thing's got to be torn down. That thing that you saw in your uncle. That... that that perversion that's been in your family lineage that's come from generation to generation. You just excuse it. You don't talk about it. It stays in the closet. Uncle so-and-so, we just know about him. We just leave that outside. And the truth of the matter is God's like, I want to uproot that thing. My blood has not lost its power. It's the resurrection power of God. And let me tell you something. You can come to church week after week after week, and the Bible says you can, you can create a form of godliness, a facade of godliness. You know when to lift up your hands. You know when to say amen. You know all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is he said, look, you create a form of godliness, but you deny the real power therein. Why? Because the real power therein can uproot what the enemy has tried to plant in your life. He can uproot that stuff that's destructive in your life, and he can do something brand new in you. Stuff that's going to be torn down. Stuff that's got to be destroyed. Stuff that's got to be overthrown. Got to tear down. I got to uproot. I got to destroy. Why? Because I want to build and plant something, Adam, in your life. When I was a, when I was youth pastor, there used to be this young girl. She'd come to church, and when she came to church, it was amazing. This young girl was so passionate. She'd have her hands lifted up. She'd be worshiping God. Her parents would say she was like a brand new person. She'd come for one month, two months, three months. And then, and then all of a sudden, you, you wouldn't see her anymore. You wonder where she was. What, what happened? And weeks would go by. She would, she'd just be gone. And then... Then six, seven weeks would pass, and, and she'd come back, and she'd come back, and she'd be the first one up at the altar, and she'd be crying out to God, and she'd be lifting up her hands again, and she'd be weeping and worshiping. That would go on for one and two and three months, and then she was gone again. First time it happened. Second time it happened. Third time it happened. The third time she came back in the doors. She was standing over here by the, by the altar. And she was just weeping up in the front. And I just, I just pulled her to the side. And I hugged her. And I just said, honey, what happens? What happens that you could be serving God so passionately and then somehow just, just fall off the deep end and, and not see you for weeks at a time? What, what, what happened in that moment? And she said, the clothes from the closet start calling. The clothes from the closet start calling. What, what do you mean, the clothes 
from the closet start calling. She said, Pastor Adam, every time I'd, I, I, I'd repent and I'd, I'd get my life right with God, I, 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 would, I would take the clothes that I know represented that old lifestyle and the promiscuity and the, the, and the, the guys and the, the, the lifestyle and the clubs and, and all this stuff. And I'd take all those clothes and I'd, I'd put it in a black garbage bag and I'd throw it at the back of my closet. And I'd be serving the Lord for a while, and then all of a sudden, one night, I'd get lonely. And all of a sudden, those clothes that were in the garbage bag in the back of the closet started calling, reminding me of the old lifestyle I used to live. And I said to her, why didn't you just throw them out? You see, there's some stuff in our life that have to be completely destroyed. It's not enough for you to have your foot on the neck of the enemy. You've got to chop his head off. It, it's not enough that you stop dating her when you keep her phone number in the back of your phone in some unmarked area. It's, it's not enough that you've got his number somewhere in the, you've got that thing, you, you know what it is. It's the thing that draws you back. It's the, it's the clothes at the back of the closet that start calling. And God says, no, 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 I'm not going to compete with that. There's some stuff you've got to destroy completely because I'm not going to build my kingdom on top of your secular foundation. Lastly, the worship team could come. He says, there's some stuff, some mindsets that have to be torn down. There's some stuff that has to be uprooted. There's some stuff that has to be completely destroyed. And then there's some stuff, they've got to be overthrown. Because at the end of the day, there's only one throne in your life. Everything in your life is either on an altar or on a throne. You've either given it to the Lord or it's sitting there. And God says, no, 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 no. There's only one throne in your life. And I'm the one who gets to sit on that throne. That's the throne that you don't get to, I don't share it. It's not a love seat. It's not a sectional. It's not multiple. It's not me, him, some dream. It's just me. And on that throne, that's mine. Because I'm not going to share my glory with anybody. So Jeremiah, I'm going to build and plant something in your life. Young man, young woman, tonight in January, on a Friday night when you braved the cold and came in from the rain, I, I'm going to do something great in your life. It's your breath in our lungs. But I'm not going to build my kingdom on top of your secular foundation. I'm not going to just bless your thing. There's some stuff tonight that's got to be torn down. Some mindsets that have to be torn down.
some self-image stuff. Some stuff about the way you perceive yourself. Some stuff about the way you perceive your future. There's some stuff that has to be uprooted. It's been in you so long, it's not just in you. It, you saw it in your grandparents. You saw it in your parents. You saw it in your mom and dad. You see it in your siblings. Some of you have lived long enough to see it actually start showing up in your children. And tonight you want to say, God, that thing's got to be uprooted because I'm not going to let my son, I'm not going to let my daughter go that way. That's not going to be their legacy. Their legacy is going to be the children of the righteous are mighty in the land. For some, for some when I was talking about those clothes in the back of the closet, some laughed. Some nervously laughed. For some, it's all too real. It's the stuff you leave hidden. It's the unmarked websites. It's the relationship that remains hidden in the back of the closet. And you know, it's when you're just lonely enough where the enemy comes calling. And then when you go back, you're so guilty. Because the same enemy that will invite you to go out is the same enemy that will throw dirt in your face the next morning. Tonight, it's not enough to simply put the clothes in the back of the closet. Tonight's the night where those things need to be completely destroyed. Because what God wants to build and plant into you are too important for you to sacrifice over something you see, when, when Esau traded his birthright for a bowl of beans, it's the same equation as us giving up what God has for us for a bowl of stew. God's got great things in store for your life. It says, you got to tear down. you got to uproot. you got to destroy. And then there's some stuff that you and I both know have been on the throne of your heart that isn't Jesus. And if everything's either on a throne or an altar, then tonight, that thing's got to be put on an altar. Would you bow your heads with me? Would you bow your heads all over this room and close your eyes for a moment? Father, make up for where my words have failed. Make up for what I have not said. See, because tonight, tonight's more than just another service. Tonight's more than just another young adult service. Tonight's more than just another youth service. Tonight's more than just the beginning of the year and you came to church on a Friday. Tonight's the night where God says, I want to use you and I want to do something great, but I'm not going to build my kingdom on top of that secular foundation. So tonight, I've got to tear down that mindset. Those insecurities got to go. That confusion about your sexuality, that thing's got to go. There's some stuff that you've got to tear down because God wants to use you greatly. He wants to build and plant in your life. 
There's some stuff. It's got to be uprooted. You know it and I know it. It's been there. You've seen it. It scares you. You saw it in mom. You saw it in dad. You see it in him. You see it in her. You see it in your brother. You see it in your sister. You're starting to see it in your children. And tonight's like, God, would you uproot that thing? The enemy can't have him. You won't have my marriage like you had my parents. You won't, you won't have my... You're not going to have my children. I'm not, that will not be their legacy. For some of you, some of you young people, this. You got too much of the world for the church. You got too much of the church for the world. You're stuck in between hiding the clothes in the back of your closet. And tonight's the night where that thing's got to be destroyed. That relationship, that thing that's been lingering, it's got to go. Tonight's the night that thing is destroyed. That thing where you got to run from man to man to find your security. For him to tell you what he thinks about you because that's the way you get your value. That thing's got to go. Tonight, there's one that loves you unconditionally. His name is Jesus. For others of you, you've been sharing the throne. God says, there's nobody else going to sit on that throne but me. <laughs> 